Bombjack topped the C64 and Spectrum charts. How does the Amiga version stack up? Find out on Amigos, episode 346. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Bomb Jack. Now, Aaron, you know, the explosive is a popular tool in the arcade world. Mm, What's indeed. the biggest explosive you've personally ever set off? Well, I've been a part of a few large explosions. Um, the biggest one, I may have mentioned this before, I don't know. Uh, my buddy, uh, this is, we had the old Anarchist Cookbook. Mm -hmm. You've heard of it. Downloaded off of BBS back in the old days, and they had plans in there to make a pipe bomb. And this is back before people were blowing each other in half with pipe bombs or knocking off. Well, maybe they were, but I didn't hear about it. And so we made one. We got a length of pipe, and we literally did everything the thing said. We put screws in it and stuff, and the, the whole nine yards, straight up pipe bomb. <clears throat> My buddy lived downtown. Uh, right downtown Hurricane. Oh. And he lived right past the fire department. Okay. You know, on yeah. the, except, you know, you know where like Dairy what, Mart's at? Yeah. Right? Okay. Two, three doors down as you were going towards here. Sure. And uh, he had a big field on the side of his yard. We put the. Did he uh, live in that ghost house on Main Street? I don't know where. I don't know. This oh, is, this okay. is on down. This is, this is down. Okay, I know what yeah. you're talking about. We put the pipe bomb in the yard. All right. We lit it up. And this thing exploded with a concussive force that was surprising. Let's put it that way. Everyone heard it. There were, of course, there were no car alarms and stuff right. to go off. But, I mean, it, you could hear it. You could feel it. And it was such a powerful shot that it, 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 it knocked a huge chunk of steel, I guess it was from the pipe, into, my, into his garage. Oh, my god! Into the side of the house that we couldn't pull out with both hands. It, was, it would have killed anybody if it hit. And, uh, yeah, now, it, it, that was not good. So I, was, I would all recommend it. You know, when you were making, you said you filled it with screws and stuff? We put, we'll put off, well, yeah. So you put shrapnel in. That's correct. That's, now, what, that's you, what you were supposed to do, you, according to the Antarctic cookbook. You didn't think that it would be possible that the shrapnel might come out of the bomb and strike you? Well, we were far away, theoretically, uh, when it went off. I mean, we're far away. We were on the outside of the yard. <laughs> that so doesn't seem that far in away. In retrospect, yeah, yeah that wasn't... <laughs> Listen, don't do this. Don't try this at home. Never has that truer words ever been spoken. But we didn't know. We were naive and stupid. We were using stuff that we downloaded off the internet, like all the other idiots I make fun of. Mm -hmm. But it's what we. It's what we now, did. Now you weren't present for the tennis ball match head. I was. That was the Chad's tennis ball disaster. Another thing out of the Anarchist Cookbook, uh, where he put a bunch. He stuffed a uh, tennis ball full of match heads, but they were quick strike matches. And as he was pounding in. A pencil eraser to you know on the end of a pencil to put more in it. In it they lit, mm. and the tennis ball shot around like a uh, a fireball, and everywhere it went, little match heads fell out of it and caught his room on fire. That was another one from the Anarchist book. Another one we did was putting a a. Uh, a firecracker on the end of a lit cigarette. That was something else we got out of the Anarchist cookbook, and it worked. You know, it was like a time bomb. Because you could set it up and drive away or walk away. That unfortunately, that was a lot of order when I did that. So I got no excuses for that. What about you? You ever blow anything up? Never, never. I, I've never, uh, I've never played around with explosives. But with, with you're hanging me out in a ledge here, boat. Well, you never blow nothing up. No, I mean not to say that I didn't want to when I was a kid. I just didn't have the access. You know, I didn't have access to BBSs. 
Therefore, I didn't have access to the anarchist cookbook. Right. But so I mean, you, you really had a you, you had a charmed life growing up with all these things. Charmed life not to be dead. And I can't tell you the amount of times I shot fireworks off at the electrical station down at the back end of... I mean, me and my buddy would throw all kinds of stuff and just see if anything would explode. Mm. Don't do that either. No. We were idiots. We were kids. We didn't know. Yeah. You know, did a bunch of dumb stuff. I don't... It was. It, childhood was a lot different. I, I, if my kid was doing this stuff, it just it scares the crap out of me. So... Luckily, kids are a little bit smarter, I think. Well, Aaron, all of your explosive knowledge is going to come in handy as we talk about this week's Amiga game, Bomb Jack. Now, you know, the Bomb Jack boat, uh, you know, here's one that has been around forever, it seems like, the old Bomb Jack, and came from the arcades. Is this one you ever saw in the arcade? Uh, no, I've never seen this game in the arcade, in fact. Even when I visited, uh, you know, like Galloping Ghost and like the, the downtown Disney arcade, these huge retro arcades, I've still never seen a Bomb Jack in person. Uh, I looked up, just for fun and a little bit of reference, I looked into the original Bomb Jack, which was in the arcade, uh, developed by uh, Tekon. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and Tekon, who lately, became, they, they were, they rebranded themselves as Technos, right? right? I don't know. I didn't look into Tekon. Yeah, I, I think, I think right. that was their original name. And then, then they did, uh, they did, uh, you know, Super Dodgeball and all those things stuff. later on. Yeah, yeah. lots of the wrestling stuff. Uh, this was designed by a fellow named Michitaka uh, Saruta and, uh, and another guy named uh, Kazutoshi Atashi uh, Udia. Uh, and this was released in Japan in 1984. March. It got here in uh, late '84, uh, and uh, was a uh, game, an arcade game that that came out in the heyday of arcade games. Now, I honestly don't know if I ever saw one of these in the arcade. I mean, this is '84. You had to be a pretty standout machine to get noticed yeah. by me. Yeah. You know, uh, in in '84. Uh, but uh, this had success in Japan for sure. Uh, this, by the way, if you're interested. This ran on the Z80 at four megahertz, so not a it wasn't a powerhouse. Uh, the game generated a couple sequels and uh, was uh, well received in Japan. Uh, it was listed by Game Machine in their May 15, 1984 edition as being the third most successful table arcade machine unit of the month. I guess that's good. <laughs> that's a category. I'm assuming, all right. they mean, I assume they mean cocktail. I don't know. I think they, that they, yeah, maybe the cocktail yeah. designation hadn't been developed yet. Yeah, and uh, of course, it later would get its uh, release on many home uh, 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 machines, consoles, and uh, I mean, the, if you look at the conversions on this, I'm not gonna go through all these, but it just it just picture everything. Mm-hmm. And it's, well, this is one of those games we run across these occasionally. Where I look at all the conversions that this thing got. I mean, this was on all the ZX, the SG one thousand, the all the Nintendo Virtual, the the PlayStation Virtuals, uh, C sixty four, Xbox. Everything got you know versions of this that would disseminate down in these collections and what. But uh, the ST and the, the Commodore Plus four, all these crazy systems. Mm-hmm. And one would sit and wonder why. Did this game get poor? Because these aren't Japanese systems for the most part. These are there is an unofficial MS2 port. It's funny that MSX2 got an unofficial port. Mm-hmm. Why are they not getting an official port of this thing? It, of it, all places, it is weird. Uh, this is this is a game that it almost seems like by the time it was released, it already seemed kind of old. It, but what works in yeah. its favor is that you know the systems that were it was tasked to run on. You know, this is a game like this. I mean, you you can make this thing go to some extent on pretty much anything out there. Well, you would think, uh, but 
<laughs> and we'll get to that. In a perfect world, I mean. uh, Yeah, and it's funny that you mention that because, again, this came out in 84 uh, in the arcade. And so when we get to the Amiga version here, four years have passed. It's 1988 now. And here this thing hones into view. Uh, this was released, uh, published by Elite, developed by Paradox. Now, Elite, if you look down, and we've done a few of their games over the years, uh, but uh, they did a lot of they did a lot of arcade ports. Uh, some of the more popular ones, in Buggy Boy, which I remember, everybody loved that. Mm -hmm. Which another one I never understood. Uh, Commando, they did. They did Paper Boy, if you'll recall now, that. Now let's 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 just go back. I, you know, I'm curious. What do you think you were playing the most in 1984 in the arcade? Because you were 13. You were kind of peak young man arcade age there. Oh, gosh, it's so that's so long ago, but I'm. It's hard for me to this, this, uh, to remember those early years in the arcade. I mean, probably a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, I liked playing stuff like, and probably stuff I played had been out for a while, stuff like Xevious and Zaxxon, uh, and uh, uh, stuff like uh, uh, Zookeeper when I could find one. You know, you're talking, there are so I mean, of course, the Donkey Kong that came out in 82. You know, we've talked about what's the best year. Well, I mean, we talked about the best year being 82 or 83, but whatever it is, those games just didn't just go away. Mm -hmm. Like they lingered around. Right. So I was playing Burger. I was playing every other every classic that was out there because they were great. Mm -hmm. You know, I was going to play some Burger Time. I'm going to go play this Phoenix or you know, something like that. You know, something been out for three or four years. But one way I wasn't playing is Bomb Jack. Yeah. But like I said, it's not even if I wanted to play it. I didn't see I, this is one that didn't make it to my arcade. Um, anyway, getting back to Elite, I mentioned they did a lot of uh, they did a lot of arcade ports. Now I didn't say they did them well. Uh, they also did uh, Ikari Warriors and Space Harrier uh, uh, and Thundercats was oh. one of theirs. Yeah, yeah, so there you go. Paradox has a, a uh, um, what a back catalog they put together, aside from Bomb Jack, that did Amiga Karate. Mm -hmm. Everyone's favorite. We, we haven't played that one yet. I've played it. Okay. I've played that a long time ago in my karate stream mm. from like five or six years ago. Uh, Fire Blaster. Luxor, Space Station One, and Warzone. Never heard of any of those except for Amiga yeah. Karate. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so you can imagine that uh, they may not have been the uh, the uh, most highest uh, uh, skill house to put a game together, but this is one they did. And uh, it's funny, I, I couldn't find anything about who actually physically worked on this except for the musician, and they've got it listed as Jonko Mersk Fogel. Okay. That only a musician could have that name, <laughs> uh, Boat. Uh, and, of course, this was an OCS game. So, let's talk about the game, Boat. First of all, you, you said you had not played much Bomb Jack. I, had I hadn't played. The first time I ever played Bomb Jack, and yeah. this is a shoot, the first time I ever played Bomb Jack was when the Beer Edition came out. That's right. how new I am to this game. Oh, I see. So, this is one you hadn't played before. Mm -hmm. Except for Bob, well, boy, you were so you had played Beer Edition before this. Oh yes, one. oh yes. Okay, fair enough. So, explain to the people because you're good at this sort of thing. What are we doing here in Bomb Jack? Okay, Bomb Jack is a single screen platforming game in which your task is to collect the bombs in every station while avoiding enemies, picking up power ups, and uh, and and basically you you progress through. Uh, you know these single screens kind of represent different areas of the earth. Right. Uh, you, it's a, much like Pang. Much like Pang. Imagine uh, if you took the backgrounds of Pang. Yes. And you overlaid them with this this kind of unique mechanic where you're picking up bombs 
and you're avoiding enemies, and you're you know, in some cases you can turn the tables on the enemies Pac-Man style too. This actually has a, the framing of Pang, and the, it, this has a lot in common with Pang in terms of the the look, and even I probably I, I'm sure this wasn't released too much before or after Pang. Mm -hmm. I can't I don't know exactly when Pang came out. Uh, and this does have the, one of the. I guess this game's claim to fame is the digitized in the arcade. Anyway, the digitized or very highly detailed background. Right. Uh, you've got uh, the Sphinx is back there with the pyramid. You've got a city line. Some other. I think there's six of these things total, uh, stretching over 30 levels. Uh, <laughs> the guy. It's funny. I looked to try to figure out what the backstory was on this, and guess what? I can't find anything. Mm. As far as I can tell, you are Bomb Jack. And who has to go around and get these and get these bombs? That's the game. There's no cool story. Something tells me that someone somewhere going to come up with something entertaining for the home version, but I didn't see anything. Um, so, Bomb Jack is an interesting fellow to control in in Bomb Jack. It's because he is uh, sort of a plotting guy. He also can leap. Well, very... let's talk about what Bomb Jack looks like. Oh, you could jump right into his face. Go ahead. Okay, so Bomb Jack. He is a humanoid, uh, and he is wearing a red uh, unitard with a cape. <laughs> that word always gets me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's wearing a blue face. Uh, it's like, almost like a lucha-style mask. It covers his eyes and his, his face, but his his uh, his mouth region is uncovered. Yeah. Um, it's a very unique costume. It also looks like he has kind of like devil horns. That's part of it, too. He looks like a geek. He looks like a, uh, you remember the greatest American hero? If you put a dumb mask on that guy, you'd get this guy. But this guy, much like the greatest American hero, is not what I would call the best flyer or leaper. Well, it depends on how you look at it. Okay. Because the controls in Bomb Jack, as far as I know, are pretty unique in terms of arcade games. I've never played another arcade game that controls quite like this. I've got a, I got a hot take. I'm glad you brought that um, up on that. In this game, you have unlimited jumping power. You are affected by gravity. Bomb Jack will sink to the ground if you don't do anything. But once you start to take flight, as long as you hold the up button up, you will continue to rise from your grave from the top to the top of the screen, and uh, you can and 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 then you you sort of float down, and you can limit the floating as you go down. I can't remember if it's the button. I think it causes you to kind of uh, to slow your roll when you when you when you when you fall down. He comes down. down pretty slow. He comes down pretty slow regardless, yeah. but you you have a lot of control over your fall in this game. The the. My take on this is, I found a game that this reminds me of, and I will say more so in the in a beer edition, but I guess or in the arcade version. But one thing you've got to do in this game, so you're like Boat mentioned, we got you're going around and gathering up these bombs. Okay, that's the premise. Of it. Now there's more to it in terms of scoring, but that's that's the game. Okay, and you avoid platforms and, and bad guys. One of the big points in this game is. It's not leaping, it's strategically falling. Mm -hmm. okay? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and there's only one game that this reminded me of, and I had to think about it for a while, but it reminds me a little bit in that area of Zookeeper. Mm -hmm. It's one of the few games where when you leap on the way down, you've this got is to... On the, this is on the bonus stages, right? No, I'm talking on the actual zookeeping stage where you run around. Oh, Although the okay. bonus stages yeah. too. You have to, when you fall, it's also sort of floating, and you have to... There are margins of error you have to fly. The difference in this being that you're falling from a greater distance is that you've got a long way to go, and so you're maneuvering 
through the bad guys yeah. that try to find a safe place to put Bonjack, just like Zookeeper, Zeke. Mm-hmm. Now, that's the only thing that reminds me of Zookeeper, mm-hmm. but uh, it's, it's it's that's the same feeling I got. It's a very goofy gameplay uh, uh, element. Uh, something else in this game is that you'll as you uh, as you play the game, you'll see that the bombs uh, start to go off. Their one bomb will start uh, with a like looks like it's on fire. The fuse is lit. The fuse both. is lit. And if you go and get that bomb, another bomb's fuse will be lit. Use the one beside it. Mm-hmm. All right, if you've got one beside it. And this is you can go in this a, a pattern to get more points. Yeah, you get you get 200 points versus I think 50 points or 10 it's like you get an order of magnitude more points uh going for the bombs uh, that are on that are, the fusers are lit versus right. just the normal bombs. Now, you are also occasionally um, gifted with a pickup. Mm-hmm. Now, again, we're talking about we're going to talk about beer editions, but right now we're just talking about this. I found the pickups in this um less frequent and Harder to get, partially because of the, of the way the game moves and controls. I, I had a rougher time, uh, and it was hard, sort of hard to differentiate what was going on because you're usually you're panicking so much mm-hmm. in this version. How did you fare on the uh, on that? And I guess we should probably explain what the power up do. One of the powers basically turns the table and lets you go and kill or pick up the bad guy mm-hmm. in, a, in a Pac-Man style moment where you float around grabbing them. Now. Uh, uh, they stay they stay uh, vulnerable for a while, good while, don't they? Before and uh, uh, longer in this version. What did you think about this controlling it, the gameplay in general? Give us your thoughts. Well, this one it took me a while to fully understand how slow it ran because I went for a long time accidentally playing this in NTSC mode. Um, I loaded this up, and for whatever reason, FSUAE thought I was using an NTSC machine. Yeah. And so I was like, man, this game moves along at a pretty good clip, but it was almost too fast for the frame yes, rate. Yes, I also tried the speedy. Mm. I played three different versions of this stuff before I found one that would work properly for me. And one of the ones I played was like double fast. Mm-hmm. And it was so fast and so cheap. I was like, my God, this is this sucks. This can't be right. That's when I went looking for another one. So I'm guessing that's the same one you've yeah. Yeah, and when I started playing this at the correct speed, I went and looked at a playthrough so I could compare the speed. I was like, okay, right. this is right. I'm I'm on the right that's track. That's exactly now. what I did, yeah. And so uh what you discover is you go through this thing, this the lies we tell ourselves, and we say, Well, this is running slower, so it should be easier, you know? And yeah. and but the the thing is I didn't find it to be that much easier. And I can't fully explain why. I can't, I can't, this is a hard one for me to really criticize besides the fact that it's slow because uh, I can't full, you know, I always try whenever I, whenever I say good or bad things about a game, I try and really think about how to explain why I think I do. With this game, it just, something feels wrong. The Amiga version just feels wrong and I can't put my finger on it. It's, well, when you play the appropriate speed version, Mm -hmm. It feels slow, mm-hmm. but not easy, right? Or fun. <laughs> I mean, so uh, let me. I'm going to step way back. Okay. Have you Have you ever played the arcade version of this? Uh, not before this week. Okay, but you did play it. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so, what did you think of the arcade version of this? Well, here's the other thing. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of this game. Right there. I'm the I'm the same way. See, we meet up like the Wonder Twins mm-hmm. because I never liked this game. Mm-hmm. And I, when it came up, I'm like, okay, I've played this in the arcade. Now I had not played the Amiga versions or the beer edition, and I I'd heard good things, but just I never cared that much. 
Uh, and so when this honed in the view, I'm like, well, let's see what they've got here. And what we got here is on the uh, um, original Amiga version is just a sort of a more plodding, muddier version of the original. It's not as good looking. The sounds annoying. Uh, uh, the uh, in fact, <laughs> on the original sound, I looked up a. I was looking up some reviews on this. I want to see how it reviewed. And uh, uh, one of the fellas that reviewed it. He wrote, uh, there's an option to turn off the music. I suggest you use it. <laughs> that's all you need to say. Now, really. I will say, you do have music and sound effects. Okay. But that's not, and this is one of the few times, that's not a good thing. Yeah. The music's not that good. And it just, I'm like you, this, this, there, I can't sit here and say, here's the reason why this is garbage. But well, it's garbage. Well, I can tell, I can talk more about why I don't think this game in general is very good. Please. Rather than the Amiga version. Jump right in. I dislike games where the enemies float around randomly without yeah. any sort of pattern. Uh, I don't mind games where enemies there you can have random you can have randomness in the way that they move around, but the randomness needs to be controlled in some way. Like uh, for example, in Pac-Man, the enemies move around randomly, but it's always within the sphere of the maze. Right. So even like a, something like a bubble bomb. Right. They, right. They're they still the they're constrained by gravity. Yeah. And these they, guys they just, don't just float around. They just a lot of them, a big chunk. Now some of the guys kind of, but most of them just all float around. Yeah. In this. Yeah. yeah. The second thing is, I think that the mechanic of just collecting the bombs that are lit for more points is weak. It's. It, I mean, that's all it's got. Yeah. That's all you and got. And the thing is, you don't get a reward, mm -hmm. and there's no penalty for not doing except for the points right uh the uh, uh i would like to have seen i mean listen we talked about how much would like a game like a mr do or something mm -hmm. where there's all those elements going on mm -hmm. like this is like a, a, a game like a bubble or something just stripped bare right to its barest most like non uh creative ends and mm -hmm. what you've got here is this game where it's all jumping and floating. That's mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And avoiding random characters just float by. Yeah. This seems like a game that would have been a really, really good uh, console or computer game, arcade-style game. Like, you expect, you'd expect a company that went on to become Technos to have better game design by 1984. This seems like a game... It would be like a PD game where it's like, here's an arcade-style game with a unique mechanic. Like, this seems like a PD game. To well, to, well, I think in 84 it did not, and I think it was the reason is it's because of the background. Well, yeah, I think that, the yeah. backgrounds made mm -hmm. this game. Well, much like Pang. You well, know, Pang's got a little more creativity. Pang does have more, but, but I think that's a... I'm not a fan a, of that one either. But it's all, that, that's also a big draw, yeah. was looking at those backgrounds. Yeah, and this one, I mean, and, and the Amiga does a okay job with the backgrounds on this. Yeah, it doesn't. The backgrounds <clears throat> look fine. You know, they're okay, but I mean, uh, it's just that this is a game that I found lacking fundamentally. Mm -hmm. Not And then, and then of course, then you get this kind of slow, kind of muddy version. The controls are okay, but they're not... They're not I often thought I felt like I got screwed, mm -hmm. but I couldn't figure out why. It was usually because I would get trapped because of all the bad guys. I guess that's the appeal. You know, the floatiness of it, but I mean, to me... I'm a platform guy, and I don't like this kind of floaty garbage. I mean, right. give me a get Mario out here and let me go after these bombs. I don't want listen. You can fly or you can't fly. I don't want floaty Dingleberry mm -hmm. out here. It just, just it, it just further makes the game even slower. Even like if you look at like something like uh, uh, Mario Super Mario Brothers Two, where uh, with Peach in it, where you could play her and she was floating, mm -hmm. but she had limitations, and they were good limitations. Right. 
this it's hard to put your finger on how can I get that? Can I get up to that? I would have I would have rather I would have rather seen less floatiness and instead of using that as like a strategic element, give me a bubble bobble style projectile that I can throw out. Well, I mean, or uh, like you, I could the the bad guys just sort of appear out of nowhere, mm-hmm. which is also lame. Yeah, lazy. And then you don't know how many you've got until they're all out, mm-hmm. and then they're just, they're huddled together. Yeah, they kind of swarm. Mm-hmm. You often get trapped, mm-hmm. and since you can't do anything, and you can't, it's like oh well, you can jump out. Well, I mean, it's the narrowest right. of areas, and, and sometimes often you just can't make. Yeah, it. and sometimes fun. you're you're screwed. You see yeah. that they've converged upon you in a way where there is no escape. Yeah, and then you're just waiting for death, and that's no fun. And that's no fun. Mm-hmm. So so. In terms of Bomb Jack, the original Bomb Jack, uh, I'm not going to kill the game wholesale in terms of uh, on the Amiga, but I didn't think it was that much fun. It's mm-hmm. not what I would go back to. Now, you know, just to summarize on the, on the original Bomb Jack on the Amiga, um, uh, Lemon gave this a 5.43, which that's... Pretty low for Lemon. That's Yeah, that's real low. Uh, Power Play gave this a 74... Commodore User gave it a 6 out of 10. Amiga Computing a 47. Uh, CBG gave this a 40. Zap gave it a 39. So low scores. Uh, just for fun, uh, For the, did we get any Discord on this particular uh, rendition? Bo? Uh, we did. We got quite a few reviews on Discord this week. Uh, you know, I might as well mention it now. If you are a supporter of Amigos, on Patreon, you can leave us a review of all the games that we play, and we will read it on the air. Uh, Aaron, we got a couple reviews. The first one comes from Level Lord, and Level Lord, who's joining us in the chat right now on Twitch, he says, "Seeing and playing Bomb Jack on the ZX Spectrum was a pleasant experience, which I can remember even today. Fired up Bomb Jack on Amiga just now for my lunch break, and was greeted by ugly graphics and the most annoying tune in a loop, which was also looping during the gameplay as well." Yeah. Colors oh, at the main menu are not great, but it is even worse in the game where the bombs are barely visible and merging with the environment. Controls are annoying and done, opposing any logic. No fun and 2 out of 10. But this is not the genre of games I enjoy, so I might be too harsh. I don't think he's being too harsh. Mm. I, I, I didn't have too much trouble seeing the bombs, but there are certain backgrounds that you can stuff can get a little blendy. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, writes a Herm Firm slowly, slowly, slow 3 out of 10. Oh! Expected more from this port and felt disappointed. For me, the CPC and the Spectrum ports were top of the pack. Okay, the graphics were closer to the original, but for playability, meh. I think a lot of this has to do, you know, a lot of your enjoyment. Much like all arcade ports are, you enjoy the original. And you know, if you if the answer is no, the arcade the, the ports are not going to do. You remember when we covered that new version of Rygar? Mm-hmm. It's same thing, mm-hmm. except that was way better. Yeah, but I mean, I sucked at Rygar in the arcade, and so I never enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not panning the game on the Amiga, which I'm do- not doing here either. I just don't like the actual original game. Right, right. Um, so um, I should mention before we move down the line here, uh, this is one of those games that actually gets a lot of renown. I've read many places that the Amiga version was a port of the ST version. Did you come across that? I didn't see that, but I, I wouldn't did. be surprised. Yeah. I would not be surprised at all. Uh, however, uh, the uh, uh, this game, at least arcade-wise, it was popular enough to where it made the old 1001 video games you must play before you die. So, I mean, it's got its supporters. Uh, but me and Boat, I was telling Boat, I was like, you know, uh, uh, since it's out there, and he agreed, in fact, I think you were playing it before I did, let's go ahead and have a look 
at the uh, basically fan-made sequel to this, uh, which came out. Uh, uh, gosh, how long is it? How long has it been, Bode? Uh, I think a couple 18, years. 2018, 2018, 2019, something like and that. And so we looked at. We also looked. Look, there's my head in the scene there. <laughs> uh, we looked at Bomb Jack Beer Edition as well, Bode. Now, what did you think of this one? Uh, I we knew about it, but I'd never played it until this week. Well, you know, again. This destroys the official Amiga port. This, to me, oh yeah, is I mean, it plays just like the arcade version, as yeah. far as I, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the uh, it, it comes down to, do you enjoy Bomb Jack? Once again, this is by McGeezer. McGeezer, of course, the same guy that did that uh, Super Sprint. Um, he uh, did. He's actually done quite a few things. I was uh, uh, that uh, that are good. You know, he, this guy's uh, this guy's talented as heck. In fact, the whole team that worked on this—they they, 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 right. they know their stuff. So I've got a—I've got a list of some of the stuff uh, he did, have, including Rygar, which we mm. just talked about. Which again, we're not real fond of the game, but the, his version was top shelf. Absolutely. But he added a bunch of stuff as well. Yeah. He also did Santa Run, and he did indeed do that Turbo Sprint uh, AGA version. He's working on a game called Devil's Temple right now, which is a remake of uh, Kung Fu, this is the, yeah, this is the remake of Kung Fu Master that's actually taken on a life of its own, yeah, this if you looks, remember this that. Looks great. Yeah. I noticed that the music on this, which, by the way, was also better, uh, was done by uh, Simone uh, Bernacchia, Bernacchi, right? Uh, listen to this lineup of the stuff this guy's worked on, okay? First of all, Bagman, which we love, I, I love, love that Bag game. Man, yeah. Uh, he did uh, uh, Barbarian Plus. Remember that? Mm -hmm. uh, Blocky Ski or Skies Bridge Strike that just came out. Dream of Rowan. We talked about that. Uh, uh, he, Kiwi's Tail, Landfill, Putter. Uh, he also did uh, t Thanks, Tanks Fury, and Worthy. So he's done a bunch of music Kinda for a bunch stuff, of that yeah. we played that we liked, which is cool. Uh, and uh, we've got to give this game a bundle of credit now. Having uh, played the other one first, I was actually looking forward to playing this version because I didn't. I thought, well, maybe this will make the game more fun for me. And while I'm not going to sit there and say it made the game tons more fun for me, I found this game infinitely more playable because, for one thing, it's rendered in the pro proper vertical mm -hmm. that this game was was done in the arcade, and, and it moves at a better pace. Right. It's it's not as ludicrously fast as the NTSC version was. <laughs> I mean, because that was a, a not supposed to run like, supposed that. To like that. This yeah. runs quite well, and it also makes your it makes everything a lot clearer, doesn't yeah. it? In terms well, of what yeah. You're doing. If you play if you play this after playing the original Amiga port, I mean, it really feels like you're putting a quarter into the arcade game. Yeah, and I can forgive. I mean, I I, I say this a lot. Speed for me is just, it's the most important thing in so many of these games. If you've got good speed, I can forgive a lot. And there's, of course, there's nothing to be forgiven as far as the game design here. This is just like, the game, Bomb Jack is more fun when it moves fast. That's just well, the wild the way it also, is. Also, this, this follows the arcade a lot closer. And so the enemies aren't, it's just, they're still sort of the same, but they're not nearly as floaty, randomly weird as the other version. Mm -hmm. And that made a big difference to me. I like the, uh, the uh, elements of this. Uh, the falling in this is so much less like ludicrously floaty mm -hmm. than the other one. Yeah, this game moves at a quicker. It's just more like the arcade. Right, you know? and also when you you could tell the power ups, you could tell the extra manpower ups, you could tell the power up to turn the tables on the bad guys. Uh, you know, really the backgrounds and stuff—they're not like what I would call any better, mm -hmm. but they they look good. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, I was real impressed with this, and the fact that uh, now, of course, granted, in, in hindsight, you can do this sort of thing, uh, uh, you know, and also you're not again. We always talk about how bad games are good or bad, 
And games like, I mean, I'm sure Elite was probably under the gun. That's probably why they got these jobs because mm-hmm. they can knock it out in a hurry, you know, and have the time to uh, to to do with the best they can. But this game uh, shows that you could do this sort of thing without really a whole lot of problem. Did you? One thing I wondered on this, and maybe I just have been idiot. On the opening screen, there's a thing that says options, and I could never go to that. Did I you never, ever? I never went there, so okay. I don't know what it is. So I don't know if I just had a, maybe I had an older version. I don't know what, but the options weren't available to me because I was going to see what you could do. Hmm. Something else that would have made this game a lot more fun to me is having two players simultaneous, which the arcade didn't have either. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's always more fun, right. isn't it, Bo? Right. And it's funny, you know, Pixels mentions that he says the key to Bomb Jack is balancing the number of enemies on the screen with getting the bonus power-ups to appear. I think that, like most classic arcade games, there's a strategy here, and if you can grok the strategy, then you're going to have a lot more fun. Um, it just, I, 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 honestly, I just haven't played it enough, and I haven't done enough research to really, you know... The, the, I don't doubt the fact that, you know, lots of people like this game. I'm just saying that it doesn't do it for me with the amount of time that I put into it. Yeah. I mean, I know there are, having watched people play the arcaders, I know there are, there are set patterns to go when you're playing this. And by the way, we've got a side-by-side comparison going. And just by looking at the screens here, I mean, it's... It's night It's day. probably... <laughs> probably double as fast. It's yeah. funny that cutting down... Cutting down on the width of the screen, it seems like they're... I don't know why, but the... Vertical version seems like there's so much more space. I don't yeah. know what. Can you explain that to me? <laughs> no, folks? I can't. I don't understand it either. Explain it. Uh, but it works. It works well. Uh, so I guess what I'm saying is, if you're going to play one of these, uh, it, the choice is pretty obvious, Boaster, and that is to play uh, the beer edition. Now, one more thing I want to talk about before we close shop on this. I did not play it, uh, and because I thought we may come back this way again, but there is a sequel to this on the Amiga called Mighty mm. Bomb Jack. Now, that, did you give this one a whirl? No, I know that this game got an NES release because I remember constantly seeing it at the rental places. Yeah. But uh, I never rented it. I, I never played it either. I've still not played it. Mm-hmm. I've heard what I've heard. it's fairly similar to Bomb Jack. Uh, so I guess we'll leave the doors open uh, in the future to give this thing a whirl. But, uh, you know, no hurry. It might be a fun category for a future AGSC when we reshuffle the categories. Just have a sequels category. Because well, there's, there's a lot of stuff we still haven't touched. Yeah, yeah. And, and and the thing is, and oh, I should mention something else. I didn't see any Bomb Jacks on eBay. I was surprised. Now, I, the funny thing is, I saw many, many mighty Bomb Jacks for the Amiga. So I don't know how big a seller Bomb Jack was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, Without playing Mighty Bomb Jack, I would say just get the beer edition. That one, right. you, he's got a setup where you can just basically pay what you want. Uh, and so, throw up a couple bucks. If you like beer, if you like uh, Bomb Jack, I'd say this is the, uh, your baby here. I, I just checked Lemon to see maybe Mighty Bomb Jack was a better seller because it was a better game. But no, it's actually rated worse. In fact, well, I also heard it was. <laughs> I, I also heard that uh, it was. Uh, it was also uh, not well received in the arcade either. Mm. Uh, so there you go. Uh, so I guess in closing, if Bomb Jack's your thing, uh, get a beer with yeah. your Bomb Jack. With, and get go, a beer with McGeezer. And go go down that road because that's probably the, the way to go, Boat. All right. I'll tell you what else is the way to go, Aaron. It's a me. It's no. It's not a big news. It's freaking RetroRewind.ca. Yeah. See, I thought you had bam. to get that going there, and then bam, right off the cliff. That's right. That's how I do it. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, tell us about why Retro Rewind is the number one destination for your classic Commodore computers. Yeah, you know, I, I talk with Frank, who runs Retro Rewind, on and off uh, during during the week, and pretty much almost every week, we have a little chat about something. And the one thing I like about Frank is 
he's always got his hand on the pulse of what's going on, mm-hmm. you know. And so why why do you think he does that? Well, because it keeps his inventory uh, up. He knows exactly what to stock. He knows what the people want. And he does a good job of keeping a stock of, of that sort of thing. This is the reason why you get these buffered uh, CF uh, to IDE uh, adapters. This is why you're getting Kung Fu Flash. This is why the uh, Coco FDC for the color computers there. These are because these are items that are in demand. They're not necessarily the easiest thing to get, especially if you're in the States. Some of these can be downright difficult. We don't have the uh, opportunities that a lot of our European friends have to buy these things. So we lucked out because here comes RetroRewind.ca, uh, located here in North America, uh, just over the border into Canada. Uh, Frank not only is a seller of fine goods for your computer, your Commodore computers and your color computer, he also uh, will do repair services for you. Do you want to uh, get something recapped? He's your man. And the thing is, you know, I was thinking about this this week, Bodes. I was looking at it. I got an Amiga 500 I've got at the shop. I'm looking at this thing. It doesn't work. And I'm looking down at it. I'm like, you know, I don't want to recap this thing. I could do it, but I'm lazy. I got a lot of crap going on, mm-hmm. you know. And also, every time you do a recap on your own, you are taking a chance, depending on the type of equipment you've got, mm-hmm. the skill level you're at. What kind of hurry are you in? Did you have a rough morning? You go in there, and you pull a land up, you botch a chip, it's over. Mm-hmm. And you just scrap this board. Listen, don't take a chance. Frank will do your recaps on all your classic systems. You got a, 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 a C64 that you want to get recapped or a CDTV. Frank's not just up there with a big fat solder iron and some, and, you know what I'm saying? He's got equipment built specifically to take this stuff out mm-hmm. and to put brand new top quality parts in. So when you get this home, not only do you have the peace of mind that you've got brand new parts in your machine, but you can also have the peace of mind to know that someone who's an expert in their field with decades of top-level experience is the guy that handled it for you, then you can use your computer with, a, with peace of mind going forward. That's something that's invaluable. Frank gives you a good deal when he does that sort of work, too. He's the man for the job if you've got something that needs to recap. If you are a skilled fellow and you want to do it yourself, he can also provide you with the items you need to do the recapping yourself. That's right. So you're covered either way. So quality parts and services quality items for sale. Uh, he's a one-stop shop, but That's right, and you can save 10% off any order from Metro Rewind. Just use the promo code AMIGOS10 when you check out. Save yourself 10% off the already low, low, low prices. We do appreciate Retro Rewind, and we thank him for being an official sponsor of Amigos. Thank you, Frank. Aaron, it's time for the Amiga News. Hey, let's go there, Boat. Amiga News. All right, Aaron, well, we lead off our news segment here with the big news that you can find the Amiga News links at a new place. Uh, If you head on over to the subreddit Amiga News, you can find all of the news links that we talk about. You can join up. Now, this is a uh, subreddit that only I can currently post to because I don't want people posting news links of things that I don't know anything about. Uh, and, uh, and so, but you can always request that we add news links to uh, the, uh, the list on our Discord in the Amiga News channel. Aaron, we're going to start things off with swag. Do you know about swag, Aaron? I've heard about a little about swag. You've got a lot of swag yourself. You, you got know. that right. Uh, swag holds an annual uh, Amiga convention called Workbench, Aaron, and they are back and better than ever down at Old Chipping Sodbury. 
you know? No, I've never been there. No, I've never been there either. Sounds like something you would drink. That's, it's, it's a town right out of Woodhouse, I'll tell you that. May 21st, uh, they are putting the final presentation uh, preparations together for this thing. It looks like they've got a list of sponsors to beat the band. They're sponsored by uh, Retro Games Limited, makers of the, Amiga, uh, the A500 Mini. Uh, they're sponsored by WM Studios, Museum of Commuting, Retro Lemon. Uh, this looks like if you are in the UK, Mr. Pleasant, you, you need to head over to this thing and check it out. Um, I wish that it was easier for us to get over there, man, because this looks like another banner event. You guys are so lucky over there in Europe to have all these great events to visit between Amiga Ireland and Workbench, and of course Swag. They're they're great people. Uh, several of our Discord members are members of Swag. Uh, just a great group of guys and gals. Uh, Ravi, I think, is going to be there. Picks. Uh, oh, I think wow. Hermski might be over there. Big name. Yeah, yeah. So Rabbit just rolling every place. He's no. the you come in the staff of Amiga. They're not just going to roll into nothing. This is a big deal when those guys show up. That's right. That's right. So uh, May twenty first, head on over to Chipping Sodbury and check out Workbench twenty twenty two. Looks good, boat. I like that, man. That looks nice. Now Amber. Uh, Amber. You, you can call me Amber Man. That's all right. <laughs> Amber Man. Amber Man. That's the guy's name. <laughs> <laughs> we talked last week about uh <laughs> scramble you know scramble is uh is is heading to the amiga well guess what it's here do you see it oh it's because okay we're already running into problems with reddit because apparently this post was removed by reddit spam filters i got <laughs> i got modded on my own thing so we're gonna have to come back next week let me look at your screen and go off that okay how about, how about the classical keyboard that's buddy? right you know jonah oh aka simulant oh yes he's a big this player is, he's a man of many talents yeah he is uh he is uh in, in addition to uh premiering uh, the amiga addict and pixel addict magazines which are now for sale it stores all over the UK, the EU, and the US. I, I, you know, I I saw Eric from Pixel Gaiden was saying that he was looking at his local newsstand. I didn't realize they were coming here. They're coming here, That's man. Barnes and Noble. Oh man, I'm gonna get all up in that. Yeah, mate. yeah. So, but anyway, he also does uh, hardware. He does all kinds of hardware. He's done yeah. the Wi-Fi, uh, the Wi-Fi adapter. But the, his I've big, got one of those. Yeah. His passion project, Aaron, is this mechanical USB oh, keyboard man. for the PC. You know, he talked about doing a Kickstarter or something about this a couple years ago, but yeah. now it's back. You can pre-order this thing. Aaron, I know you're a big fan of the mechanical keyboard. What do you think about this thing? Listen, I love, first of all, number one, Simulant is not, and there's no slouch. That's nobody's sucker. He he's a man. He's a man with a vision. Mm -hmm. I love I love Simulant. I love what he's done. And so I, when you know a guy like that is behind something, it's not like some ham and eggers involved. Is right. My point. Right? right. I'm not just here to put him over. He put himself over by his deeds. Mm -hmm. Right. So he was pitching these keyboards a couple years ago, if you'll recall, as you mentioned. You got your he did an Amstrad and then an Amiga and a ZX Spectrum and. Did one other. I can't remember what it was. Maybe in two ZX Spectres. I can't remember. But anyway, um, the, and then so here he is. I knew he would get back to it, and he's came back to it. And this is his Amiga Classical USB mechanical keyboard. Now, this is the first I'm seeing of this particular one, but you could tell this is the kind of keyboard that your uh, professionals like. You replace the, the switches, removable replace switches, the thing, yep. the whole nine. Mm -hmm. It's not like when I grew up. You rolled down to like uh, uh, Kmart. And you got the three dollars special that they, you know, I'm saying. Did you ever go to Best? Remember oh, when Best, Best was at the mall? That's where I used to get. They used to have. Uh, they used to have Odyssey games at oh, Best. Okay. You can believe that? Uh, but uh, so you know, this looks like gold. 
Uh, he's got a, a bunch of features on here. It's officially licensed. Bam. Mm. That's something. Because mm-hmm. that was one of the things he initially had problems with right. was the licensing. So he's gotten this thing licensed. That right there, it goes you over the top. Uh, it's a uh, uh, It's got the Amiga-style keycaps on it. Brown Cherry MX switches. You know, the Cherry switches have different color names to represent their various... Do you understand how those work? I... I I do. I mean, I can't sit here and say, well, I prefer the Crimson. Okay, I, I was curious if you had, like, a, a favorite no, or anything I, like that. I, no, I don't. Okay. I don't have. I'm not I'm not that cool, I'll be honest with you. It's got 100% anti-ghosting, 105 Amiga-style custom PBT keycaps. Man, bam. You know, I mean, it's compatible with everything. It will use a USB. Stick it in your Mini. Stick it in your... <laughs> Stick it in your Mini. I, listen, <laughs> that hurts, but... You know, you've got the... Uh, You've got the Amiga 4000 crowd, or uh, uh, the, some of the computers that have the USB avail- availability with keyboard. Get put it on there, you know. Uh, boy, I wish if there's an Amiga 1000 version, sign me up, brother. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, this looks good. Uh, is there a price on here, Boat? Or is this I believe available? it's hundred pounds. Hundred pounds. So that in, uh, I'm trying to think what that is in U.S. bucks. That's about a hundred and thirty dollars. Hundred thirty bucks. What do you mm-hmm. think of the price on this for a keyboard? Because these quality Listen, keyboards ain't cheap. I was going to say a mechanical keyboard. You can buy mechanical keyboards for that much and more all day long. Right. To get one with the Amiga aesthetics that's officially licensed that you know stands behind a guy that's a real in on the community. Yeah. I think that if you are in the market for a mechanical keyboard and you're a Amiga fan, this is a no-brainer. I don't know much. Look, there's options here, too, but a, a language options for the mm-hmm. keys. Look at this. There's Norwegian, Italian, Spanish. Now, that's that's smart move right I only there. use Dvorak myself. Is that what you... Oh, why I'm going back there. Um, I don't know enough about these high-end keyboards to say if that's a good price or not, but I will say I do trust the guy selling it, and I think he's probably put out a nice item here, so... And you know what I hope is that we're not too far from getting the ZX version of this. Mm-hmm. That's what I truly covet because that was the best looking one in the bunch. But the Amiga one, I like it. It looks good. Uh, and I think this is a winner, but I'll be anxious to see how these things do. So yeah. well done, Sam. You don't know. Our next story, Aaron, comes to us from the Amiga Game Jam. The oh, Amiga Game Jam. The man. results are in. The results are in. You know, this has been a glorious time for you and I, being the arcade fans that we are, seeing all these arcade ports yep. coming to the Amiga. And it finally went down after what seems like years. The winners were finally announced. This thing was hosted. Of course, who else is going to host this thing but Amiga Bill? You've got, look at this all-star cast. You've got R.J. McGon. You've got Glenn Hitch, of course, and Cammy in full regalia. I love how you gloss over R.J. Michael like that. you got R.J. Michael, but then you got Glenn and Hitch and Cammy. Listen, I wasn't glossing over him. It's just expedience, brother. <laughs> Also, I can never get his name quite right. Sort of like Shay's Maxim. Well, it's always a bot. You know, I'm the pronunciation chef, so... Amiga Bile? See, I can't do it. I'm bad with names. <laughs> That's uh, what I get after I throw up. How'd we do on this thing? Um, well, I'll tell you what. First place was not one you'd expect, okay? DJ Hoffman took home the gold with his port of Nightmare. Why would I not expect that? He's a stud. No, I'm talking about, like, <laughs> think about all the arcade ports that we've seen this year. Yeah. Would you expect Nightmare to walk away Is Nightmare, with it? I don't even, I'm not sure I even know what that is, to be, if I'm honest, both. So Nightmare is a really... It was Japanese, wasn't it? It was produced by Konami for the MSX. So it wasn't even an arcade game. Okay. So he went back to the... He went back to the... Back uh, to the MSX yeah. well, okay? Listen, he knows his MSX. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. We're going to have to check this out to DJ Hoffman uh, for winning for Nightmare. But second place, Aaron, 
was Ms. Pac-Man for the Amiga 500 by Jot666, who's done tons and tons of stuff. Oh, this was great. We also had a look at this a while mm -hmm. back, and it was outstanding. And third place went to Green Beret, coded by Dante Retrodub. Now, were you a fan of the old Green Beret, Aaron? I always wanted to be good at it, but I was no good. Mm. This it is was... not one that I've played. It looks really? like a bad it dudes also, versus dragon ninja. It was also called fighting. Russian Attack. Oh, I have played Russian Attack. Okay. Yeah, it was. Okay. A, a, I think they're. I think they're pretty much the same game. Got it. Got it. Uh, so that those those all look great. We love this uh, contest this year. Holy smokes! Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> listen, I tip my hat once again to Hoffman. To you know, <laughs> he was our game of the year last year. We played from God knows when it was released. Mm -hmm. And this looks like, it's almost like this is right up your alley. Just look yeah. at these screenshots. Oh, yeah. It's like, dude, this is for both. That's right. I can see you drooling over I know, there. So I have a feeling we're going to be looking at Nightmare <laughs> sometime in the near future. So that should be a lot of fun. But yeah, congratulations to everyone that got in on this. And, and Cammy for I think she was sort of the brainchild. All around good stuff. Mm -hmm. I hope it comes back because, man, the Amiga, we all won with this contest. This right. stuff looked great. Now, Aaron, it's time that we had the talk. What? What does that mean? We need to talk about your future with NFTs. Mine? Yes. Just, I did actually reply to this guy when I saw this <laughs> pop up. And it, I don't think... It, I don't think it got over. Now, Aaron, you might be wondering, what does the Amiga have to do with the red, red hot NFT market? Well... Yeah, I do wonder that. <laughs> I don't really think it has much to do with it at all, but there is a place where you can go and you can purchase animated old Amiga. This is actually, this is the official white paper here. Project, animated old Amiga game cards honoring the fans and builders of the late Commodore Amiga to support its community. Yeah. And by support its community, I think it means to enrich the founder of the Amiga NFT project. I was wondering how that was, I was wondering about that myself, actually, the, how this was going to enrich the community, because so far the community have enriched this guy with vitriol and venom. This guy has been, he's been buried like there's never been a burial before in, in life. Uh, in fact, uh, his most recent tweet says, if the community still thinks the NFT project should be shut down, despite the originality of the artwork, we will consider shutting down and starting another kind of project to help the community the right way. I think the word community is the most overused word in like the the 2020s internet. Everything's got to be a community, well, you know. Well, I think it does help the community to to uh, get this guy a bunch of money. Because <laughs> so and I'll explain why. Cuz what you do is the step one, you buy a bunch of worthless crap, right? Mm -hmm. You pay this guy say 10 large. Right. Step two, Theoretically, he goes out and buys all kinds of Amiga hardware. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the trickle down That's theory. true. That's true, except it trickles up in this case. Yeah. <laughs> Trickles up. Oh, yeah, like, really, the community's getting nothing. <laughs> you know, I, I, I tweeted this guy, because he had a, he showed a screen, which mm -hmm. I can't see. I think he took it down, of, like, all sorts of different uh, NFT Amiga screens, I guess he'd put together. Right. And it was from, like, Speedball and all these, you know, Bubble Ball and some other real popular Amiga games. And I told the guy, I'm like, listen, I salute you, sir, for, to come out in this community... And try to get away with what you're doing. <laughs> that is the gutsiest thing I've ever seen. That's true. In the, Very true. In, in the litigious land of Amiga, you're going to go in there and do this? <laughs> and it looks like he did not consult anybody. He's just like, here's a speedball animated gift. Go. $10,000. You know, do you fully grasp the concept of what uh, these NFTs... Listen, one night, 
I drank a little bit too much. Yeah. And I bought it. One just NFT. one night? Yeah. You bought one? <laughs> yeah, I bought one. I NFT. remember you telling me about this. And what was it a picture of? It was an owl. Like the Zynosis It was the Invictus owl. owl. This thing has already been shut down. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> How do you shut it down? You bought it. Well, no, no, no. The, the project has been shut down. Oh, okay. Okay. So I bought it. And I held on to it for a while. Yeah. And what did, do you want to disclose what you paid for this thing? I think I paid $350 for it. You're out of your drunken mind. So the price went up to $450. It did? And then I, what? I unloaded it. So you made money? I made money. <laughs> Good job, Boat. And you then, idiot. And then the price crashed to $37 and then they pulled the rug. So you stuck some sucker with the check. That's right. That's Never right. Never do that again. I got lucky and I, I shan't do it again. You know what you know what helped you here? Is all your crypto uh woes. Right. Because you Wish were riding high. Many. You were riding high, and then you nose dove that mm-hmm. sucker into the ground. Yeah. Right. This time yeah. the second you made money, <laughs> exactly. you were gone. You're like, gone. I made my money on my shifty picture. <laughs> I'm out the door. That's right. Good That's move, right. boat. So if you're interested in following the saga of the Amiga NFT project, you can follow the official Twitter account at, at Amiga underscore NFT. Listen, if Boat thinks it's shifty, it's shifty. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now speaking of shifty Aaron <laughs> instead of collecting NFTs maybe you should collect every Rise of the Robots Listen, game this is the new uh, RMC with our buddy Neil I love this I loved it I've heard about this guy and he this guy is a, a future star I don't mm-hmm. know if he does any broadcast but he's great he was great in this and they had all the uh, uh, all the Rise of the Robot various boxes laid out before them and he went over them and the, and the paraphernalia and the books. I just love it. Uh, and I really enjoyed this segment. It was very simple, uh, but I thought this guy was interesting. He explained why he did it and the reason he did it. Why would you collect something? We didn't have any room to collect. Did you watch this? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. He didn't have the room to have a huge collection of something. He's like, what can I collect that there's not a lot of it? And it's cheap. Dirt cheap. <laughs> Rise of the Robot. Good. That's it. That is outside the box thinking. That's true. That's I'm true. I'm going to collect the most vile garbage there is, folks. Same and, reason why I bought Top Banana. And so Neil, and uh, and I I wish I could remember this guy's name. I'm just going to continue to it refer Ross. to him. And it was Ross. Ross. Yeah. So Neil and Ross talk about the history of Rise of the Robots. The hype machine that started over a year before the game was yeah. released. Uh, and then, of course, talk about the inevitable crash and burn once the review scores came in. Then they go through and they talk about and they show each of the different versions. They talk about the CDI version, which I, I didn't even know existed. So I oh, really yeah. enjoyed this one, too. I like the quotes. And I remember reading these in the magazines back before this game came out, where they were talking about how the fighters in this, would, if they fought the Street Fighter, AI would crush them. <laughs> And how all the diff- every limb on these characters is animated, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and this and the one I think it was a lady. It said like I wish people would stop asking about the street fighters. Like that's crap. That's yesterday's news. That's right. <laughs> you know. And then this is what I mean. You could tell that marketing surely never went down to see what they were working on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's amazing that this got released because there were plenty of good fighting games when this came. Well, out. it's funny because they talk about this is the first time I've ever actually heard anybody besides you talk about One Must Fall. But Neil liked that game. Of course he, he does. It. It's an all-time classic. And, they, and they, they agreed that if One Must Fall had come out with the name Rise of the Robots, it would have been great. They should have just, uh, you know, crap-canned Rise of the Robots and bought the One Must Fall name and well, put that on it. Here's the problem. That was a DOS-only release. Mm. This was released on everything on Earth. That's true. You know, That's so, true. yeah, I, I thought that was funny. But this was, yeah, this was great. This is my kind of garbage right here. So I salute both you two fellas. Neil, take it outside the box. Good for you, boy.
And that's going to do it for this nope. week's... Oh, oh yeah. You've okay. got one. Yep, you're right. Listen, I'll take this one, both. Okay, man. So a couple weeks ago, we got a comment on one of our videos. It was a burial. I was like, they were like, oh, listen, I'm trying to think what game it was. Or it was one of those games where it had like different versions and we played, you know. And this was were, an ARG game. Uh, you may have been. Yeah. I can't, oh, it may have been. Anyway, he just got buried us. And so as I always do during a burial, I like to get in there and at least try to be friendly and explain what was going on or whatever. And I looked at this guy's name and the guy's name was Galahad Fairlight. I'm like, wait a minute. And this is after I had to reply to him. I sent him another message. I'm like, wait a minute. You're not Galahad from Fairlight, the old cracking group, are you? And he, it was. And, and I will send you over to the Retro Hour, who, uh, it's been several years ago, did a great interview with him. And uh, uh, this guy was at the top of the heap. All right. He was at the King Dong of Amiga stuff at the time. And a hacker, cracker type. And a very interesting cat. And so I, so I actually added him to my list so I could watch, because uh, I looked at what kind of videos he had. By the way, go and check this guy's channel out, because most of the videos he has are him blowing up refrigerators and, and uh, blowing, up, uh, 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 blowing up stuff with, like, bombs or something, or grenades or man, something. Man, he's a man after your own heart. He stuff He's up. out there with the anarchist anarchist. Yeah, it maybe he is. So, but that, but, uh, so, anyway, I was surprised this week, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, uh, Galahad releases an Amiga Mini review. And I was like, let's see what this guy has to say, because I know he's not going to pull any punches on this thing. This is probably, I love Dan's look at it, but... This was probably the most down-to-earth look at this thing I've seen. He talks about how the menus work. Where, when you leave a menu, where does, when do you come back? Where do you start? Mm -hmm. are so, some of the games are missing intros. Okay, stuff like that. Little glitches he found. Uh, what controllers he used uh, aside from the normal controller. What he thought of the, uh, of the selection of games. And he was critical of some of the selection of games, which is understandable because they're, some of them are duds, right. you know. Uh, you, he, him using the WHD load, and it was all very down to earth. This guy's, uh, 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 I mean, obviously super knowledgeable, and I like the fact that the first WHD loads up, his name is at the top of, or in like fooling with the game, mm -hmm. you know. So that was kind of funny. Uh, I enjoyed this, and I'm not just saying this because the guy buried me, because I actually talked to him. He's, he's a, this guy's been around. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a big deal, you know. And so when you see a guy that's been around as long as him with his uh, uh, standing, you know, I want to give a little shout out because I did, I did enjoy this thing, uh, and he. But overall, his opinion on the Amiga Mini was very similar to ours in the fact that he thinks it's a great idea and he endorsed it. He said he thought he could understand there's certainly a selection of people that would fi find this thing appealing, you know. So there you go, just a little something. It's just you don't see. Like I said, he's not like he's playing an Amiga video every day, but I mm -hmm. thought it might be interesting. So if you want to get like a fresh slant. If you're not sick of the Amiga Mini yet, this here's another place to look for it, Boat. Cool, cool. And Aaron, are we done with the Amiga News? Now, now? we're done All with right. the news, Boat. Let's saunter on over to our YouTube channels, shall we? Yes, let's saunter. That's a good idea. So, uh, we've got a few videos to talk about this week, <clears throat> Boataroo. Uh, let's start with uh, a little thing I like to call Jack the Freaking Nipper. Oh. Boat. Why don't you tell the people about this one? You know, Jack the Nipper, speaking of games that got a lot of hype. Oh, release, burial. Pre-burial. Uh, this game was uh, was very well hyped in the in the press. Maybe not so much in the reviews as in the advertising that surrounded it. 
this is a game in which you uh, you gallivant about town as a toddler, uh, and uh, you're you're tasked with causing mischief uh, and, and by any means necessary, whether it's with a pea shooter, whether it's with pesticide, this was whatever based, you need. This this game clearly based on the infancy of the Brent. This is very similar to the antics he would get up with, trying to poison people, stuff like that. That was a Brent. That was a Brent deal. thing. So uh, you can check out our full review of Jack the Nipper uh, on this episode of Our Sinclair, just dropped this week. And Aaron, you know, speaking of which, we are coming dangerously close to making this a weekly show. You know, we have that oh, goal yeah. on Patreon, on the Our Sinclair Patreon. 200 bucks a month, we make this a weekly show. We're getting closer and closer, man. So uh, if you like the ZX Spectrum and you like us, get ready for more. <laughs> Or one or the other. Either way. You know, I will say this. Uh, the ZX Spectrum, it has a wealth of software. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that right now as I look at these huge boxes of tapes that I have. And I'm in the States. So you can right. imagine what someone in the UK's got. Absolutely. There's zillions of software for it. So that'll be fun to get into uh, to do a little more action on. That would be a good time. Um, also, uh, I want to talk about a little thing me and my brother do. You may have heard of it. We're back, by the way. We, we showed back up. It's me and the Brent on uh, ARG Presents this week. And we took a look at, but we went outside my comfort zone into a realm of what we like to call the Apple. The Apple realm. Mm -hmm. And in this case, the Apple 2GS. Yes. I found out what GS stood for, by yeah, the way. Graphics and sound. It's not good stuff, which no. I thought was a, I think that probably <laughs> is what it actually means. So I didn't know Jack Squad about the GS, except I know Bo had talked about wanting to get one. Which both there was a guy in Charleston that was selling a boxed one, and I think he wanted like two hundred bucks for it. I probably should have picked that you up. Dropped the ball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, gun or no gun, you go get that. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, so come to find out, the Apple II GS is sort of like the last stand of the original Apple II. Right. Who mm -hmm. knew? Yeah. I didn't know. Uh, and so, and oh, by the way. They amiga it up. There's basically. a Sodan for the Apple oh, 2DS? Oh, there's a Sodan, Man. brother. There's a, there's a, there's a Raston, there's, a, there's a, a Sodan, there's everything. So we took a look at a couple games this thing. Uh, Brent looked at a game called Zenocide. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is a multifaceted game where you not only do you fly a, a, like a space car around, you also do like a hero-like underground adventure. There's a water level. Multi-level Very game. cool, yeah. Very interesting game. Uh, I, I was very intrigued. I mean, this is not a throwaway. This thing here was a decent game. I looked at a game that I actually quite enjoyed. It was called Ancient Glory, mm. which is my nickname, by the way. <laughs> and in, in this one, you play the Herc, Herc yeah. Hercules, mm -hmm. and you've got to go through and perform the tasks. I don't know if you... I, you probably read a lot of mythology when you were a kid. My my favorite part of this review was when you and the Brent both talked about how you can use his amazing jumping skills to jump over the enemies and just hightail it to the yeah, end absolutely. of the level. Absolutely. Just, and that's, yes. <laughs> and the funny thing is you end up having a train of everything at the level. There's You'll have... Uh, scorpions and snakes and bulls <laughs> and minotaurs are all chasing you. You're Hercules, once again, proving himself to be worthy by running as fast as he can. Anyway, this was a fun game, too. It turns out this was a DOS game that never... It was a, ported from DOS, and then it never got released on DOS. It definitely so, looks like a DOS game. Yeah, but it was fun. I found the uh, GS to be a uh, surprisingly fresh and fun computer. Good, because we're starting a show on it next oh, week. Oh, jeez. <laughs> but I, I mean, if I ever see one of these things come up, I never thought I'd say this, Boat, but I would consider purchasing a GS. Oh, by the way, I found out that Kit 
our good buddy Kit and our good buddy the Slow Norris are currently fooling with their GSs yeah. right now. They got together and had a meet. Yeah, so man. this was a very apropos time uh, to release this one now. So that's all we've got on the Amiga show. Now, if you want to please check out our second, our sister channel, the Amigos Stream Team. Three mm-hmm. words. Please give us an ad. Uh, we had a, we released a bunch of hidden gems this week, if I do say so myself. Somebody, well, I think it was Level Lord, Boat, if I'm mistaken, asked about what they're like. What happened to Amiga Thought 2021? Well, good question. <laughs> I thought it was posted. Nope. And so, I'm, and I thought because I answered him first, and I said, "I'm sorry, we lost all the footage." Because I literally thought we'd lost the footage, but we didn't. No. Thankfully, I had it all. And so, I'm slowly beginning to release the footage. Uh, I've released two sections here, hours one and two of the Amigathon, as we've done so many times. We've got to do something different this time around. <laughs> we played Lionheart and the mm-hmm. Adams Family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually had a pretty good run on uh, on Lionheart. If, and re- if you recall, I had a bounty of $100 if you could beat the first level. Well, and uh, we did not do that. And then at the end of this is Dan's uh, video where mm-hmm. he uh, has, it's just like sort of like a highlight of some Amiga stuff that Dan Wood did on his channel. So that's the first two hours of Amigathon. And I've also posted uh, hours four and five. Now, Jeez. their hour three was, uh, I think, was uh, Ash. Okay. And so I didn't, I didn't want to cross-post her stuff. Right. So um, this is um, hours four and five. Now, I'm going to tell you, and I'm, I'm going to strongly urge this boat. I'm not just doing this to get people to come over to the Amigo stream team, although please do that. This has got to have the funniest crap. Yeah. How I didn't post this, I'm kidding this myself. Is, this is the by far the the best time. You know, we've been doing a this is this was a Megathon five, I believe. <laughs> yes. This was by far the most fun that I've had of any of the five Amigas this playing was, these World Games games. We, me, you, and Brent had the best time between this and cliff diving mm-hmm. in World Games. We had such a good time, and I would uh, if you want to just get a good hearty laugh. Let me go spoil here. You want to get a good hearty laugh? Come over here and check this out on the Amigo Stream Team. It's Amigathon hours four and five. I've already got the next couple hours lined up. Uh, they'll probably be releasing early next week. Uh, we're going to keep the ball rolling here. The, we're picking up uh, steam on the on the Amigos Stream Team channel. Uh, please give us a look. Uh, these things are a lot of fun, and these are also Stuff that you may have never seen, mm-hmm. and so now, which there's sometimes there's a reason I didn't put it up. It's not because it was necessarily bad, but it might have been embarrassing. <laughs> there's many reasons actually, but yeah, this one was really funny. Last but not least, a boaster. Listen, you talk about quality. You talk about one man. It's Jack freaking Flat, mm-hmm. brother. I didn't get to see this stream, which I'm glad it's up here. Uh, this time out, it's Sprite Castle plays Skate or Die. One of my favorites. perennial favorite, yeah. Flack, and I know you like it too. That was ARG Presents Episode 2. Was it? Yeah. Holy smokes. Mm-hmm. God, you got a good memory, Boat. Um, this is the Flackster getting this skate on. A lot of people don't know it. I'm sure you, most people would know it by now, but Flack physically skated for real. Yeah. And if you watched his channel a while back, he actually had... But breakdancing footage, and I'm sure somewhere he's got to have some skateboard mm-hmm. footage as well. Uh, so he's not only a guy who played a C64 and, oh, by the way, played this game. He can speak from experience as being a skater. That's right. And, I, and he's, I'm sure he wasn't crap uh, at the game. So this would be great. I'm going to check this out uh, tonight, actually. This is going to be on my list for to watch after we finish up tonight. 
this is our good buddy Jack Flack with Sprite Castle Plays Scared Out, which means probably this will be on the next Sprite Castle. Also, I want to shout out uh, Like a Doss. Uh, if you'll recall, he did a uh, uh, a play of Archon Ultimate or the Ult Archon Ultra. Ultra. I listened to the show for that. It was really good. I've got a mixed feelings about that game, uh, but it's an Archon, so you know it's going to be pretty quality stuff. And and Bo, he does a great job of digging in there and 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 giving you a good look at it and the way it plays. It's a real if you've never played Archon, this is a great place to start. And if you have played, this is a great place to remember this particular oddity. A very hard game to obtain these days, too. Mm. By the way. I think that's all we got, Boat. Well, if you're looking for, uh, if you're look speaking of streams, the next stream that's going to appear on the Amigo Stream Team channel is going to be from tonight, this very night. Uh, oh man! About an hour after we finish up with Amigos, we are going to be streaming new games for the ZX Spectrum. We showed them. We've got the actual. Yeah. We've got the actual machine right there, brother. We're going to mm -hmm. set it right here. We're going to get a tape or two out. Even that's right. Because we're right. madmen. Mm -hmm. If you we... like loading times, loading tune in. Time. <laughs> and we've also got a bunch of crap on the card. Right. So we're not going to just sit here and load. Yeah. This should be a lot of fun. This is real ZX Spectrum hardware with a couple dummies in an untested rig. It's going right. to be awesome. Yeah, it absolutely. Be good, but... All right, Aaron. Uh, as we wind things down, it's time to talk about last week's Patreon song challenge. Now, you knew this one right out of the gate. It was Plush by the Stone Temple Pilots. I love that song. Yeah. I love I loved STP. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a shame like they too. went down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lots of people got that, including you. Uh, TSI Matt was first out of the gate. Congratulations, Probably Matt. cheated. Uh, Ben's got it. Rob Flack O'Hara. He's a rock guy. Eric Nelson and He's Mitsuyama. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, Super Tech Boy. Uh, just ask a question, actually. I want to bring up right now because I want to. He says, are you guys allowed to post the wrestling show? Or is that posted to the wrestling oh, host we channel? We didn't talk about the wrestling show at all. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that real so, quick? So, yeah. Uh, last week, uh, Aaron, yeah. myself, and Hose, a.k.a. Tim, went <laughs> over to the Taze Valley Conference Center and we did play-by-play -play for professional wrestling, battleground wrestling, Aaron. You mean the BG The BGW. Yeah. I'm throwing up the sign. Is that what that is? Uh -huh. I thought you were getting arthritic. Well, it's also that. Holy smokes. Listen, this was a lot of fun. Uh, we felt like big deals, didn't we? Mm -hmm. But we put the table down. We had the wrestlers, the refs coming up. Yeah. Uh, and One uh, ref came up, and he specifically asked Aaron, did I make the right call in the match? Yeah. We were talking Carney in front of Boat. Mm -hmm. Boat did, because Boat told me, he's like, man, I didn't know that was real. But yeah. they all talk like that. I was like, I told you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we called the full show. So uh, it is available. First of all, this will be available on the Amigo stream, stream team, team at some point. Right, right now... Uh, uh, Battleground Championship Wrestling has this listed on their site. So if you want to, if you want to uh, look up our commentary in the matches, it's BGW uh, WV. I believe it's is BGW Wrestling WV. Yeah. yeah if you just search Battleground Wrestling WV, it'll pop up. Yeah, and, and, and if you see any video you see on the channel that has a fancy picture on it. That's us. I'm all about Boat the fancy did, pictures. Boat did that because anything that looks like that uh, anybody any goof did it. That's not us. We did about what six matches. I think yeah. we posted up mm -hmm. there. We had so much fun. That's one of the funnest things I've done for a long time. It was I great. will admit it. It was great. We and sat I back and we had no idea who half the wrestlers were, <laughs> and we just sat back and just the only thing we had problems with was a microphone. 
uh, boats, microphones, and we sort of s- swap in and out. It ended mm-hmm. up working okay. And I've got an idea for how we can fix that for the yeah, next and, one. Yeah, but so. it was so much fun. So if you want to hear, I guess if you want to hear me and Hose and Boat call really indie, indie rific wrestling, you will probably enjoy it. Yeah. If, you, if, if it's not your cup of tea, fair enough. And yeah, we'll eventually, we'll put the whole show up on the Stream Team channel. Uh, but we're going to let them have their due over there. And we want to thank uh, uh, well, yeah, what, Lee Jordan over at... What's his, uh, what's his wrestling name? General Lee. General Lee. Yeah. General Lee, by the way, the promoter and the owner of Battleground Wrestling, comes out before the show and belts out the national anthem. As it was beautiful great. as you've ever heard. Yeah. He's in this sequined outfit, and he drives, he drives a General Lee around. He drives a real General Lee. Except it's got an American flag right. on top of the Dixie flag. And then mm-hmm. he also runs a dance school, so in between the matches, all the dancers come out, and they <laughs> dance in the ring. It was so good. It was so fun. <laughs> it was great, but Anyway, go ahead with your other thing. I'm yeah. sorry. But yes, it'll be up. Yeah. So, anyway, Patreon song. If you know this week, I'm, I'm doing it off the cuff this week, Aaron. Oh, man. This is not no a full plan. band arrangement. Okay. <clears throat> so, if you know it, john at amigospodcast.com. Please do not give it away in the chat. Email me, and I will announce you as a winner on next week's show. <clears throat> man, I'm not looking forward to this. I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> what is that? The arthritis is really mm. kicking in. Pencil alarm, Albert Camp. We like what we like. Mr. Chip, Peter Price, or Man B. Wonder Lee Chesum. Mark Richardson, David Hearn. Ram, okay, Ram, okay. David Terrestrew, Carlos Matthew Mobius, the Phantom Magnus. Seth Yates, Alistair Fiend, David Z, George Rosansky, The Amiga Show, Daniel Crabtree, Superfam King, Crazy Loomis, William Vincent Scar, Heavy Systems Inc., Bundy Frag Lord, Mark Byland, Olaf Hope, Alien Breeder, Dave Lasserata, Cowboy Boy, Lane Denson, Daniel Wimzuk, Hudson Bomb, Bass, Frodo in a Soul Sizer, Tech Mage, Mr. Cole, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Denton, Zog Lover, Frodo in L, Inflection, Simon Lash, Captain Crispy, Killer Bison, Captain Gary, Heather Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, and the Joe Owens, Lobsterminator, 10 Minute Ring, Retro Cast, Bernard Quinn. Bernard Quinn, Tim Drew, RMC, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Ed, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Eremore, Andrew Craig, Sean Zobach, Bitt, Rodenberg, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, Leaf, Kalan, Alan Kimbub, Checo Taylor, Devil Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perry, oh, oh, Ricky DeRocha, Creepy Dead Boy, Big CTZ, The Slow Norris, Stephen Sorkin, Run, Head, Ben, Hell, Ben, Christopher, So. Chris Folds, Rogerou, Granddad Key, Adam Battersby, O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Harrington, Dunk Styles, Tugs from the Crib, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THE, Eric Nelson, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn, and Kjolbjorn Barman. Horrible. Well done. Thank you. All right, Aaron. Now it's time to thank. 
all of the mighty fine folks that mighty subscribe fine. to us on the old Twitch. You oh, know, we man. record this show live every Friday night around 5 o'clock p.m. Minute. This isn't a, a produced show that, that's been produced by experts hours ahead of actual filming? No. You have to be an idiot to do it on the fly. That's right. That's right. As evidenced by your extremely large head on the on the game screen this week. It was great. Also, my head's been gaining weight. There's also that. You got the Barry Bonds thing going on. Mm. I need the big chops. Then I'll yeah, be laughing. You yeah, you do. Uh, so we want to thank our uh, uh, Twitch subscribers, Edvin Helen, Mitsuyama, Uber Scuba Diver, Bucko, and Still Adolescent, Daha Crabs MTG, Scumboy, McCatton, Barkbit, Oil of Hope, Jigglebox, Christian Russell, Anthony Roberts, Holy Guacamole, Real Retro <laughs> Dude, RetroRewind.ca, Captain Chaos DK, The Mr. Chip, HSEI Ken, Amiga Live, Pixel Rages, Jason Warns, Paco Take, Zuper Dan, Steve Burtz, Gary Heather, Frodo and L, Blow Jellyfish, Explorer, John Marshall 3, Beach Bum 7, Brock 101, Jabasoft, Orom, Pishbot, Honored Shadow, Gustav Hoyt, Gustavo Hits, Ami Steph, Luminate 08, and Eeyore 407. Man. Thank you guys so much. There's some new names in there. I yeah. didn't know there's a couple cool. Well, listen, we got we're, we got we got a request coming in for you to sing again. You had the voice of an angel. Yeah, he took it back, unfortunately, oh. and so I don't have that no more. Yeah. All Wait right. Boat fest. I'll be I'll be tearing it up at boat fest. Oh yeah, it's oh, gonna yeah. be I'm, great. I've got an ELO playlist to knock your socks off. Boat. Speaking of boat fest, you know it's two three two months away, two and a half months away. Boat fest. Boatfest.info, guys. Check out our first annual Vintage Computer Festival right here in Hurricane, West Virginia. Get your tickets. 25 bucks for the weekend. It's going to be a great time. Lots of consoles, lots of computers, lots of competitions. Plus, see live recordings of all the Amigo shows, plus Sprite Castle. It's unbotchable. Because mm-hmm. all you have to do, Boat, I, I know the plan. You get a bunch of tables out, you see. Then you put, how many did you say, 30 classic consoles mm-hmm. and retro vintage Art computers out virtual there, virtual pinball machines, virtual pinball machine, mm-hmm. uh, some other goodies I just picked up. You throw this all out in a big pile mm-hmm. and just say, "Go!" It. And they will come, and they just go and they go crazy. And then, by the way, off in the corner, we're doing a little show over there, mm-hmm. and uh, with some audience participation, it should be a good time. It but will I'm be. Looking forward to it. Speaking of a good time here, and what we got coming up next week on the show? Find out. Oh, man, with an imaginative cover like that, you know it's got to be pulled. Cool. Listen, here's what we do. This is, this, is, this is from the ARG school of box design. Yeah. 99% white, then one barely discernible graphic. This is like the Dreamcatcher article about the screen split, but in box form. That's right. It's like they've used all this real estate. Come on, Archer McClure. What, what were you thinking here? I don't think Archer was behind this, screen, this box art. I can tell you that. <laughs> This sucks. I hope the game is better than the box. It can only go up from here, Aaron. In case you're listening on the radio, it's a white box, and inside the box is a small picture of a pool table. That's it. (laughs) That's it. And then it says pool underneath it. That's it. This has got to be the worst one we've seen. It does. It is. It's undoubtedly the worst box art of any Amigos. So, we will see you next time for that thrilling episode. And until then, adios. adios.